Yes, you remind me of one of my very good friends. Really? Yeah, you have, both of you have a very, how to describe it? Like a very natural, kind radiance. And there, there, there is this innate kindness, I feel, to, to your being and also like a jolliness, like there, the, the, that's the sense that I get that there is a jolly side to, to, to your, that radiance. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, this is my first time meeting you, but that's <laughs> how I'm perceiving you initially now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You read me pretty quick. <laughs> we'll yeah. Yeah. That really comes through so, so, so much. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's nice to meet face to face. Yes, very nice. To yeah, I'm, I'm curious about who is this guy that's dragging Diamond Approach teachers <laughs> out, of, out of their caves and rooms and onto the internet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, coaxing, dragging, luring. How are you, how are you doing it? Yeah, yeah let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a journey. It's it's been a journey, an inspired, yeah. an inspired adventure. I, I've been wondering how how it has been for you actually. Just okay. doing so many of these interviews with and getting to know teachers in this way. It's been... So. I really feel that hmm, showing up in such a space where there is such a deep level of sincerity and such a genuine orientation towards truth evokes a sense of um, presence, essentially. I was going for another word, but it evokes a sense of such such a depth when 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 I come together with the teachers and and there is that strength of focus and and also within the context of doing a, a podcast, there is also this element of the unknown, right? There is there is there is another. So so there so it's a, it's it's a big. Like there are multiple elements that makes this a very interesting thing for me. And like I said, meeting with teachers who have dedicated their lives in such a way to, to the path and to, to the journey of discovery for me is just a, a treasure and something I find very exciting and interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the sense of unknown is interesting because yeah. it's, what is this, right? Like not a teaching, like, it's an encounter, like a, a meeting, yeah. but it's not, I mean, it's going to be on the internet. So it's not exactly a space where there can be the kind of intimacy that's needed for, you know, sobet, you know, for, I think that's how you say that word for spiritual conversation, right? I mean, there's a, there's a limit to, um, the, the intimacy of the space that allows a kind of conversation to happen. And yet, you know, it seems to happen for you with other teachers from what, you know, what I've seen, glimpses I've seen. 
Yeah. Yeah. Some intimacy and some contact. Definitely. I'd say that's happening now as well. That's my sense as we kind of dive in and lean in. That's what I'm noticing as a, as we both lean in, then that contact happens. And I notice actually there is a different kind of presence that came into the space now. Um, as it was even more palpable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting space because there's, there's the contact between you and I, but there's also like cloud of uh, <laughs> witnesses <clears throat> who are completely unknown. Right? Once you put it out there on the net, it's like, where's it going to go? What's it, how's it going to be received? And the teaching is normally, I mean, a teaching is specific to these people, this time, this place. Yeah. You, know, you can't, can't really come out effectively unless it is specific. But this is something different. What is it? It's, it's interesting. Yes. And when you say that, what comes up for me is the name of the podcast, the title Pearl Dialogues. Mm -hmm. Um. I feel what that that is what it summarizes for me or summarizes it what what the what the um, what what the essence of this podcast is about is that personal contact and getting to know you and 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 in that like a unique form or uniqueness of conversation happening where two souls two pearls engage in conversation and what guides that process in my experience so far is is an intelligence that's beyond any one individual mm -hmm. yeah makes sense yeah. hmm. what do you want to talk about yeah. Is that rushing it a bit? love to hear about your experience of being a diamond approach teacher what, what does that what is that for you how do you experience being a teacher and and let me say if i can make uh, the question more specific what does that role hold for you what is what is that role for you Is that role for me? Well, it's a role. And it's a, <clears throat> it's a vocation 
in the sense that um, it's not, it's, it, was, it wasn't a goal. It wasn't really an intention. Uh, I knew, I knew that I wanted to, um, at some point I, I felt I'd been given so much and it was sort of a sense of being, um, slightly overwhelmed with the blessings and you know, kind of full of wanting, wanting to share. And, uh, and I had a sense that I really wanted to be in the right place, that I wanted to, I wanted to know what the universe wanted from me. What, where was I meant to, what am I meant to be doing? What's this life for? What's, um, and I knew I wanted to be of service. And I tried, well, try, I, I stayed faithful to that. Uh, and this is where I ended up, basically. And so, so um, that's what I mean by by a vocation. It's you know, it's sort of I've been put here and pulled into it, and it's not it doesn't feel like a a choice. And then in the in doing it. In, in the day-to-day -day life of it, it's sort of like, um, I feel like a bad slave. <laughs> like my job's to be a slave <laughs> and I'm slowly getting better at being a slave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember one teacher saying um, that, you know, early on in her journey, she felt like the bride of God and, uh, you know, when she told this story, she said, I, now I feel like God's washerwoman, you know, I'm doing the laundry. And it's sort of, it, it's like that. It's, uh, you know, you, you turn up and do what's needed and do the practices as best you can. As I, I do the practices as best I can. Try and stay impeccable. Try and stay aligned. And, uh, you know, just attending to doing the practices and being of service as well as I can. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the job. Yes, there are, there are a couple of threads that, I, that, that stands out for me of, of what you shared at first, uh, or the, the succession of them are the blessing that you emphasize, the everything or the, the gifts that's been endowed through the teaching in your life, mm -hmm. the thread of purpose that you mentioned with, with uh, what does the universe want from me? Not necessarily what do I want from the universe, but what does the universe want from me? Mm -hmm. And also this element of surrender or giving yourself to something greater, thus using the language of slave or washing woman. Um, uh, that's, that's, that's what stands out for me. 
some people listening to this obviously may be thinking slave you know what 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 does that mean right uh and uh, right yeah so so i would love to hear you elaborate on that and also bring in those other elements eventually okay all right you might have to remind me of a few i will do that i will do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh yeah slave is is such a charged word but what what it means hmm, there's so there's so much for so much for the ego like in the role seeming there's seemingly something for the ego in the role of being a teacher you know you sit up there people are looking at you you get to speak right you're a teacher and in the school there's this kind of there's still this sort of idea that that the teacher might be like a, a goal or that's that's the furthest you can go in the work or that's the you know that's where you want to head if you're really um developing in the work which is just odd really it's it's not um it's not what you think it is <laughs> it's the 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 slave element is that there's a um the soul gets uh divested of those ideas about what it is it gets the the supplies for the ego um that might be there you know the, the the narcissistic supplies that you might get um, get get really worked, right? They get worked, and the job becomes clearer. That that sense of service, which is, uh, it reveals how selfless it has to be. More and more as time goes on. Right? It's like, here's the job. You got to do this job. You might go, I don't want to do that job. I want to do this job over here. But it's like, no, you have to do this job. This is this is the way things are going. And so there, so the surrender is, you know, it's still that that ongoing practice of what's being asked of me. What's what's the next movement of reality? What's the next step to be taken yeah and and the the ego's tendency to protest or argue or um or 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 kind of clamor to say that it has a choice that just gets continually honed and worked over time until you know you stop arguing (laughs) you stop stop asking for a choice I haven't stopped asking for choice, but you know, like there's still conflicts to work out, mm. but that that gets honed yeah. over time. Um, capacity for selfless service it's real really gets worked. Yes, I can personally relate to what you're sharing, uh, and how it comes through for me is that. 
the universe itself has a volition, has a force, has a momentum, and that the soul also has a natural momentum that is in alignment with that with the universe and when and 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 the realization that came to me at some point was that the the force or the thrust of the universe is the most optimal journey that's the most optimal move so one can either align with that um wisely align with that or resist and protest which like you say is 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 a reaction of the ego or linked to certain constructs or certain structures or certain ideas we have about this that and the other and i've seen in my life that that shift of of seeing that seeing how there is this universal force and also experiencing uh, a deepening of trust in that ah actually there is there is a deeper guidance here there is a deeper momentum here that is benign and good and if i allow myself to flow with that then that will be the most fruitful fruitful path for my life and for the universe as a whole um and this we we bring in the notion of choice because i really understand why where you're where you're speaking from when you talk about choice and actually in my inner space and feeling i i see it the same way in so when i think of choice now i i actually feel that choice on in real terms has lost its relevance for me i i don't i don't think in 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 terms of choice as much anymore in in my own inner inner feel or i can speak with people in terms of choice and communicate about choice when it's relevant but my sense of it is that it doesn't have any much relevance anymore i'm wondering mm -hmm. if you could maybe elaborate a little bit about that because some people may be thinking choice you know that the, of course we have free will and so there's a whole question of free will that comes in as we speak about this yeah it's so so difficult to speak about the free will because it kind of drops a drops in a question that's sort of on a on a level that you know uh that question unfolds through through different levels as the path goes on yeah so, so you talked about when you recognize that there's a force in the universe that it has a kind of volition yeah. that you can either align wisely with it or not. And I I don't think it's either or. Mm. You, like, you will at times align wisely and you'll protest and you can see that happening, mm. right? That, that, that parts of the ego structure and parts of you will rebel and just um, resist. And you'll align wisely at other times. And that's a that's a process. It's not like that's and that takes a lot of time. Like I I knew from very early on that I, I had faith in a sense of that that volition and that that the universe had an order to it and it had a has a point and a purpose and an intelligence. I kind of knew that pretty early. 
And I knew I wanted to align with that, but that's a decades, you know, decades long process. Yeah. What, you know, watching that and, and being immersed in that process of, of being able to discern it. And it's hard to discern that force when there's so, you know, there's so much stuff that needs to be worked out. There's so much that this separate self wants in the world and thinks that, you know, there's so many ideals and ideas about how things have to go, how they should go. You know, what, you know how we, we believe the universe must be organized in this way. And we have really deep, deep unconscious beliefs that it must be organized according to what I want, right? According to what I most, you know, deep, according to these deeply cherished beliefs and ideals. Mm. But like Hazrat and I can't says, smash your ideals upon the rock of truth. Yes, and it's interesting because when you speak, it, it, it seems like you have really found your purpose on the planet, uh, like, and, and you've gone through multiple stages, both with the acting that you used to do. I, I read that you used to uh, act and also teach acting. Um, and now, and you also did uh, teacher training in holotropic breathing. And from what I gather, you taught that for a period of time. And now you're acting as a diamond approach teacher. So despite the protest and despite the resistance, that flow has actually taken you and and informed your being and informed your journey and your soul. So it seems like in that case, there is this fundamental alignment with the universal flow. Um, I imagine some people listening or there, there will be a spectrum of people listening who will be able to resonate with that and feel that sense of alignment in themselves, while some people may feel that they don't know what alignment actually feels like or may feel lost or disoriented. I'm curious if we could unpack that even further. Um, I mean... When I tune into myself, I can feel a sense of alignment. I feel that as a visceral, palpable sense of uh, in some sense, a kind of rightness that that I am where I'm supposed to be. And my orientation is 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 in a truthful direction, in the direction where it's supposed to point. Um, how, how do you experience alignment? And maybe have you ever considered um, this topic of alignment in the form of how people who is that is that something we should aim for as humanity? Do you believe is that is that in of itself um, something to aspire towards for people listening? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to say it's something people should aspire to. Yeah. It's kind of, it was a little bit like laying a trip on people. Yeah. The question of alignment arises for you when it arises. See, see and, and it arises, um, possibly arises when you're out of alignment. 
And some people, maybe the question doesn't really arise. And maybe they're in the right place. Hmm. Yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> Who am I to say? Yeah, yeah. I know what's happened for me, and I and I know, and I know how that teaching fits in this path. Yeah, and what it is the relationship between personal will, and universal will, and all of that. It's, you know, a really explicit part of this teaching. But uh, that's just for people who come to the teaching and and feel drawn, and you know. So it becomes a question for them. They, they they come here. But I wouldn't want to say to someone else, like, align your life. Do you know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Though, at the same time, I'm thinking, mm, like one reflection I've had at some point is, it seems to me that one thing there is possible to align towards is love for example like having a loving alignment right and i imagine in a world where there is a loving alignment that life on the whole would be more harmonious for people and more more prosperous more thriving more discovery more expansion so Thinking about it in the universal sense, it seems like, and, and not to say that that is the right thing for, 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 for everybody, because reality manifests and expresses itself in multifarious of, of ways, right? Um, well, do you have any comment on that? Well, yeah, we can sort of, you know, the mind can do that with it. That that if we aligned with love, you know, this would be a a better universe, you know, or better, better humanity would have a, a better life if we were more loving, if we you know, if we knew love and really, really lived it. Yeah. I mean you it kind of seems like a no-brainer that that would be better. Yeah. It, we would be more harmonious, sure. Mm. But, but then to, to say, hey, love, right? right? It's like a, it's a really subtle thing where I'm very sensitive to the um, very sensitive to when we lay a trip on people, right? When we lay a trip on someone that isn't their trip. Yeah, because that's that's saying I know how you need to be aligned. You need to be aligned with love, and that's what's going to be optimal for you. And you can see, I mean, inside the teaching, it's kind of part of the teaching, and that's the truth of that. I mean, <laughs> we can see the truth of that, and we can recognize it in our lives, and we can, we can you can sit in the teacher's seat and 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 uh, say all those things, yeah, and put the teaching out there. But you can't, you can't, it's, that's, that's a very different thing from saying, okay, humanity, this is what needs to happen. Mm. 
see, I'm not, I'm not, I, I could never go there. I mean, that's part of the alignment. Could never say humanity, this is what needs to happen. I can feel the alignment. I know like what needs to happen is I teach in this group and this group is unfolding in a way where they're coming up toward learning about certain kind of love. And I know that the right thing is to give them that teaching and see how it unfolds for them and, 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 and be of service to those souls and to the truth in that context. But that's, that's you see, that's different. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think this really does speak to the question of alignment because <clears throat> the mind the mind tends to grab onto the sense of alignment <clears throat> so let's see how i can say this you asked how do i experience it and yeah it can feel like an uprightness you know that there's a <clears throat> that there's a, a force kind of lines the spine up and lifts you up upright. And it can feel like a ground in the pelvis. It can feel like a kind of a needle or, right? It can feel like a kind of big force that just comes through the body. And it's like, has a sense of rightness and solidity and all of that. So when that comes in and in a particular context, Right. Let's say, um, well, say what different times it's happened for me. It, it happened for me around the breath work, around because um, I I trained with Stan Groff and Tav Sparks and Groff holotropic breath work, and and I it, it called to my heart so fully, and I just knew, I just knew I had to do it. It was, there was no question. And I was working as an actor at the time. I didn't have any money, I spent a lot of my time unemployed. Um, the training was on the other side of the country. Actually, there was no training when I first knew I had to do it in Australia. I was like, I have to do this. Hmm. And then they came, right? But it was on the other side of the country. And it just, it, I knew I had to do it. I committed to it and everything lined up to do that training. Like I'd get a I'd get an acting job for six weeks or three months, and then that would pay for the training, which would happen just at the end of that time. Right. And and there was such a sense of alignment. I felt like I was born to do that work. Mm. And, and my teacher said, You were born to do this work. Yeah. Right. And it's, it, it, I, I loved it. I relished it. And people in the deepest states, in the opening up and in like in extraordinary suffering and there was just this capacity to just to just be there and trust that process and hold people through it yeah so i was like well clearly this is what i'm gonna do with my life but then suddenly be like no you actually need to keep acting <laughs> like this acting thing would come up i'm like i can't say no to that is this just ego and i no, i have to do that you know, I have to do this this next performance, 
And I'm like, so what's this? I feel like I have to do this with my life and I have to do that with my life. But they're both lined up. And then the diamond approach comes along. It's like, hang on, now there's three things here. What's going on? Yeah. Right? And, and, the, and the mind trying to work it out, trying to think it's got to be one or the other, or this, this thing's going to, um, you know, all this is going to come to fruition in some way that, you know, makes sense to the mind before it happens. You know, the, the mind wants to know and it wants to piece it together. And that becomes a real obstacle to the unfoldment happening. Right? That, that gets in the way of what the actual real next step is. Right? It's like if, you, if a relationship comes along, you feel that sense of alignment and support. It's like, I'm, I am going to dive into this relationship. The mind thinks that's going to last forever. Right? Or, or if it doesn't, it must have been a wrong step. But no, maybe it lasts six weeks and that relationship tortures all of these ideals that you've been holding that have been a blockage for you. Right? So the, the right step doesn't necessarily feel good. The, the most optimal step, the aligned step, can feel terrible. Right? Even as it feels right even as there's support for it and yes, there's certainty around this is the direction it's got to go. This isn't any fun, but this is, but this is the right thing. And the, the piece of it that's become clear for me recently during the Citadel teaching, right, where what we're talking about, that, that force that aligns you, that you want, that you want your personal will to align with that we practice aligning our personal with will with that's the universal will that's the platinum it's it's not just what's optimal for you it's what's optimal for the whole situation right for the whole situation and the whole situation isn't just this planet it's not just humanity it's the whole situation it's the universal situation which we can't know it's a mystery. So there's a tremendous uh, amount of faith involved in actually aligning with that force. Because it's like, I don't know where this is going. And it may not be going somewhere good for this separate, you know, for the separate self or for this individual conscious. I mean, ultimately, it'll be optimal in some way for this individual consciousness. Right? Seems that seems to be true, but it it might mean, you know, getting ill or, um, you know, dying. Right? It's not like you're going to necessarily choose that, but it's not necessarily going to feel good, or or look good in any way that makes sense to the mind because you can't see the whole picture. And what what I hear or how I interpret what you're saying and when I when you use to or speak about feeling good for me how I experience that is on the surface it won't feel good but fundamentally when there is alignment there is a natural pleasure in actually flowing with what is right 
that 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 there is a pleasure in that as well. So for me, how I experience it foundationally and in my de- in the de- or just to discriminate between the depth and the surface because the not feel good is usually linked to physical pain or emotional pain or psychological pain and suffering right. on the essential level um, or the deep soul level there is a pleasure to simply flowing in accordance or with the universe and 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 the greater force of spirit for example yeah sure yeah yeah just like any all the essential aspects they feel good yeah right so the alignment feels it has that sense of rightness and purity and this is where i'm meant to be and that brings a confidence and a yeah, and it can bring a joy and a delight and pleasure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. I'm curious, what how do you how do you experience our relational field in this moment? <laughs> huh. Well the the quality that we're talking about is here in the field. Yeah. So I'm aware of that. And there's a sense of uh, kind of ground and recognition that like, I, I know you know that and you know, I know that. And there's a kind of a dialogue happening around this quality. So I feel like we're sort of, you know, down the down the belly. Yeah. In a certain way. Yeah. I also feel that through our conversation, we're also rubbing against each other. That that that's my sense as well. Like energetically, there is also an element of of a rub here where we're kind of getting to know each other. We're doing this experimental podcast and, and we're exploring a particular topic. And mm-hmm. I, I feel I feel that there is a common. It's in, very interesting because both of us clearly feel the sense of alignment, and uh-huh. this is a very new connection for us both. A new relationship. I I, I don't know you. I, I've or I've seen some of the things online, but that's that's all. And you've seen some of the uh, episodes. Uh, I reckon or parts of it. So so it's a new relationship. So in some sense. We're diving in in the deep end and and really exploring and packing this um, these aspects. And at the same time, I do feel that there is a rubbing happening. Do you, do you experience that as well? Yeah, I think I get what you're pointing to. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, is that not is that unusual? Unusual. I, I, I wouldn't label it either usual or unusual. I'm, I'm just, it's just interesting that it's manifesting. So I'm curious about that as well. What, what, what is happening there? Yeah. I don't know. For me, the, <clears throat> the rubbing, <laughs> rubbing, you know, the little, the, that, it's actually, it's, we started to, I started at the really beginning, I talked about the honing, right, yeah. of that um, service 
right? And of the capacity for service. And mm, there's a certain grit involved in the right and the development of the pearl. But there's also that that kind of where are the niggly bits? Like, like we could just sit here and talk about love. <laughs> in, right? We could we could have a merchy thing, but where's the benefit? Yes. Right? Where's the discovery? Yeah. Yeah. So for, I, I don't think of the, that that kind of rubbing up against one another, finding out, you know, that feels natural to me. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, yeah, how is it for you? Yeah, so initially when we came in, I, 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 I shared that when I feel you, I feel, I feel the aspects of joy, I feel the aspects of kindness, I feel that. So, so for me, that gives a very wonderful ground of, of trust and, and holding for our conversation. Um, and at the same time, I, when I experience talking with you, it's it's as if we're also like the image that I'm get is actually jujitsu that we're rolling. Have you have have you have you watched that or wrestling uh -huh. a little bit? Uh -huh. so there is a little bit of a wrestle in our communication. Is what I feel like energetically. <clears throat> And, 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 and this is completely without judgment. That's just my experience of the actual flow of it. And uh -huh. I do believe that or feel that in that wrestling, there is actually an alchemy that takes place in what is emerging, in what is arising, in what is being communicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, feel, I mean, I, I'm glad you feel the alchemy of it. Yeah, because it's something I I really appreciate. Yeah, is the um, you know what I mean calls the value of the struggle, right? The value of struggling. To like, I don't I don't see that that as a difficulty or I mean I love to get in and chew on things, you know, and knead the dough and really kind of find out where. What haven't we found out here? Where are the, where are the little edges and the bumps? And you know, because there is an alchemy that happens with that. Yeah, right. There's a digestion. Yeah, which is you know, and which can happen for both of us, but also that the, um, that can. It's maybe not just for us, right? That you, you're bringing out like the sense of the rubbing or the struggling or the wrestling. That's important in the work. Yeah. It's, I mean, for anything to really happen in terms of the transformation, you've got to wrestle with the material. Yes. You have to work it. <laughs> Go to the teaching and you get a transmission and it feels so wonderful. You go home and you crash. Right? <laughs> and you go back into your old patterns and then you have a session with the teacher and that opens things up. It feels wonderful. And then you go back into your old pattern. It's not, it's not it. Mm. Right? It's 
it's not going to do it. Mm. You've got to you've got to think about it, about the teaching, and see where you object to it, where you resist it. How how are you protesting? And then what are you protesting about? What are you? What is the protest? Yeah. yeah so you, it doesn't. We don't digest it. It doesn't become ours without that kind of chewing and wrestling, right? And I think similarly in a relationship. Yeah. If if we're just kind of thinking we know each other and we're not really wrestling with each other, we're not really contending with each other. Yeah. How do we know? I think, yeah. Can't know someone unless you really contend with who they are. Bring yourself and wrestle and challenge. Exactly. Yeah. It makes me curious while you speak. Um, something, some, some, something I like to ask people. <clears throat> um, is there's something that you find difficult or challenging or dislikable in our meeting or our connection here now? It's an open question. Yeah. In our meeting? No. Yeah, in, in, in this in, in this field we're in right now. Not between us, no. Okay. I have some kind of I have this sort of thing here which is like to do with the media, right? The medium ah. that this goes on. Yeah. Yeah, so it just lands in, I mean, the internet is a place and the internet is this, you know, it's a kind of world yeah. and it's got all these different corners and pockets and, and where you, you're going to drop this into that world. Yeah. Is the container fit for purpose? Hmm. Interesting, yes. That's that's the niggle that I that's a niggle that I have. I see. Yes. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And and just so that that is fully clear, before anything goes out, you have you know, you consent and you give a thumbs up. Uh, so that's you have the full 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 reign there, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not uh, necessarily about what what I say, yeah, but it's, it's curiosity about the avenues of the teaching, the forms of the teaching in this world. where there's so much distraction and um, not just the distraction, but 
you know, the, the sense of a particular context or community that um, the teaching is speaking to or that, that things land in, that there isn't, there isn't, um, there isn't a particular way that, the, I mean, the internet's a particular place with fractious communities, right? And that, and that so impacts our world and our collective consciousness at the moment that um, just have a question about the sense of contact it's difficult to have a sense of contact with who this reaches and and knowing um, what is uh, you know what wants to be said it's yeah. kind of it into the unknown so yeah i don't know something there's a question there that maybe isn't very clear yeah i hear that i hear that so in, now, now we're it is in a very interesting context I, I really appreciate that perspective because the reality is that it's the two of us but we're also aware that there is an audience that is an unknown so usually when there is a teaching there is an audience and one can feel the group and communicate directly to the group and there is a sense of attunement to the audience and to the people who's listening while here there isn't that the audience is not present in real time something that we can tune into so there is this big question mark around who's actually listening and is, is that what you're speaking to huh yeah 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 for sure. So interesting to sit with that question. I mean, that might be interesting. Yeah. Like, who's this? Who's this for? Yeah. I see. In uh, <laughs> some, uh, I think it was like the Indian theater tradition they used to say theater was for the gods. Right? It was to feed the gods, right? and the, the actors or the dancers cultivated rasa, which is essence, right? the nectars of essence, and that fed the gods. So it's the theater wasn't for the real audience, wasn't the people there, but the audience was the gods. Right? The, the ones who benefited, who drew the nourishment from the performance. Mm. I'm not sure what that would mean within this logos or how that would translate, yeah. but there's a sense of like the conversation can serve the truth. Yeah. Can serve the, uh, it can serve reality in some way. It's interesting you say that because what I'm sitting with in my heart space and in my chest and in my being is a sense of realness. One thing that I can say with certainty within myself is that we're being real with each other. And, and this is a conversation that for me feels real. Like I'm, I'm, or I can speak for myself that I'm showing up in a way where I'm really 
coming forth and, and really leaning into the conversation with my whole being. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and when I think about the audience, <laughs> I don't know, like, on if I think about the world at large, I don't know how many people would find this relevant and who, how many people would listen through this whole conversation. <laughs> but those, those who still listening must be kind of, there must be some kind of connection there. There must be some kind of value in listening to, to, to such an exchange that's taking place, both in terms of the content, but also the form that it takes in how we show up with each other and, and the element of realness that's coming through here. Yeah. Yeah. Good answer. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, this is at the heart of it. Actually, this is at the heart of every, every, every Pearl dialogue. Uh, mm -hmm. When I feel into it, that's, that's actually a golden thread that runs through the whole project. Yeah. Yeah. Feel the fullness of your heart in that. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's well received. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Like suddenly I feel this honey just flowing in the space. <laughs> Browser for the gods. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <sighs> yes. Is there something that you're contemplating in your everyday life right now? Something that is particularly relevant? It can be anything. It, it can be anything. Any anything that you would love to bring into the space? Well, I'm contemplating what what happened just before you asked that question. Yes. Good. But that's why. One of your questions, right? You, yeah. yeah, you reached into your kit bag and, and brought out that question. Yeah. But the moment just before you asked it, it's very interesting. And, 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 and let's, let's unpack that. Let's unpack that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I noticed the quiet coming. Right? That, uh, that space of intimacy comes in. That quiet. That is the space that, you know, like allows conversation to deepen, right? I just noticed that go through your, through your eyes. Mm. And then you brought out that question. My soul kind of went, nah, I don't want to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that moment of intimacy was something interesting to wrestle with, you know, podcast yeah i actually this is the, the space that you're emphasizing here and that you're bringing out like that transformation that took place that metamorphosis and also the honey coming in and that sense of connection which i felt was infused with this golden luminosity um that there is a particular connectivity that happened there. And then suddenly I, what I noticed in my mind is I was actually starting to think about the podcast and the, the directionality of the podcast. So I was going then into this idea of 
talking about something interesting when in reality if it had not been a podcast i would probably yeah. just hang out there <laughs> and, right. and just open it so that's that's how that manifested in me right now yeah right right to talk about something interesting yeah yeah or yeah. interesting from, from 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 a conventional point of view yeah yeah right yeah so right. That was a more an automat automaticity in my mind based on history rather than coming from my depth, you could say. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's such an interesting edge, isn't it? Because yeah, there's some audience there unknown. <laughs> but if you're right, if they've gotten this far, maybe they're more interested in that moment. Right. It's, it's really interesting how we take ourselves out of intimacy and out of contact and away from deepening. And, and to, to hang out at this edge. So another kind of pearliness can come through and another um, it's not just another depth of contact but another depth of ourselves can show up mm -hmm. we allow those moments and hang out at that with the discomfort of that edge of that intimacy Yes. What I notice manifesting in me as you share that is the re-evocation re re of that part of myself, which I notice is quite like almost sensual, like that there's a sensual, sensual diaphanous aliveness in my soul that came through earlier and then somehow withdrew. And as you emphasized it and welcomed it and invited that depth, invited that part, it came forth again. Yeah. Diaphanous, good word. The delicacy of it, the, the, um, the delicacy, the refinement the, of, of these, um, these deeper regions of us that, that tend to stay, you know, really veiled. Yeah, protected as well. You know, veiled and protected. quite something when they come forward. Mm. How, how would you say that you're coming forward in this moment? What's happening for you? Well, I notice the there's a <clears throat> my in my belly, there's something that's just kind of flowered open. And it feels like a, 
a depth and it feels personal, but also delicate. And that quietness wants to, quietness of that intimacy space wants to, seems to want to be stronger, come forward. And then there's the not knowing, questioning, where's this going? Where's this going? So there's the, the, the not knowing that just becomes a kind of wonder, an appreciation of it. Appreciation of that space, there isn't a lot of knowing. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm receiving and contemplating the wonderment in contrast with asking a question and demanding an answer. So what I feel like you're speaking to is uh, there is a, in, an intrinsic freedom and a curiosity and the good, very good word, wonderment without having an agenda or necessarily a need, uh, something that creates a pressure to find out or define something or identify something. So I, 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 I'm, I, I'm aware of the contrast between those two approaches. Yeah, it's very different, isn't it? It's very different. Like what's conversation and what's an interview? And then what's a, what's a dialectic inquiry, right? Because yeah. a dialectic inquiry, one of the practices, just for people who don't know, one of the practices that we learn in school in a lot of depth. The dialectic inquiry is not a conversation. Conversation is something different. And then what, what is real conversation? It's actually something to, to answer your question that has that I am really interested in. It's been on my mind for a couple of years, like real conversation. It's not something that's um, emphasized in the school, or it's not something that's part of the teaching as far as I know, but it's important in other traditions where the conversation can, can flow in a way where it, the conversation itself is a revelation. The conversation itself is a, exactly a practice, but a, a, an arena, a container for the revelation. But there's certain uh, things that need to be in place, like how does that work? Mm. Like it needs that space of intimacy, needs that space of trust, and, and it needs the 
the silences and the times, right? That to have those silences and those pauses. Like if you're having a, a really deep conversation that's finding its own way with somebody, then you might sit and stare at the birds for 10 minutes before you say the next thing. If the conversation's gonna find its own way. So what's really interesting to me about this is that this conversation is in this container of a podcast and just exploring the possibilities of that. It's pretty interesting. Yes. What comes up for me as you speak is uh true nature being intelligent and sensitive and also a comprehending intelligence it comes through for me that our being will if if we don't interfere our being will naturally respond to the situation as a whole naturally right Right, but it takes such trust and not knowing, right? Like this, the podcast could be a car crash. <laughs> right? You might end up with not much you could say, or it could be like someone trying to follow it might not be able to. But if there, if there is a, a lot of trust, yeah, and capacity to re like a deep surrender, yeah, yeah, sure, true nature can unfolded in an intelligent way. Right? Mm. So my question then is, to what extent do you feel that that is happening now? To what extent? It's going in that direction. And there's little glitches, which are to do with the glitches. Huh. Right, the, the, the glitches are, I'm imagining the audience. Hmm. Right, there's an object here. And the idea that I have is that, that the person listening is somehow outside of the intimate space. But I recognize that that's not necessarily true. Someone listening might be able to drop into the quiet and the intimacy of the space. and be part of the conversation. Not just an audience to the conversation, but in some way, actually here with us, actually uh, entering into this space. And, and, and as I kind of recognize oh, I had that idea, it's sort of dissolving. Then there's a sense of like uh, welcoming in my heart. My heart kind of opens and, it's like a welcome to the audience. 
welcome to whoever's listening into this space. Hmm. Hmm. Ah. Yeah. So that same glimmer of sunlight that I felt before in, in earlier was like a substantial liquid honey. The moment you that recognition came and, and you shared what you shared, I felt the welcoming opening up like the dawn, like the dawn and the sun and, and everything opening. And there was this luminosity, this sunlight. Um, and also what came up for me that the potential for any listener to really participate in the dialogue through their own experience in the moment and how how, how their being is responding to listening to this. So they're part of the conversation simply in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. right in here with us. Yeah. Well, welcome. welcome to right here with us. This question of real conversation, I, I, I like that. I like that contemplation. It's something that I appreciate. And actually, the Pearl Dialogues, I feel, when, when, I, when I think about it, another subtitle for it could be real conversation. That, 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 that is definitely in the direction that this point, podcast is pointing which also means that its contribution to the global podcast scene will be unique. Uh, as far as I know, there is no podcast that, that actually moves into conversation in, 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 in this way where we're really opening the moment and actually touching the experiential dimension in such a explicit way. Um, that's just what's coming to me, and I might may be wrong. Maybe a lot of people doing it. I, I I'm not completely versed, but I'm I'm just recognizing something that I find to be unique in how the Pearl Dialogues, um, the container of the Pearl Dialogues, as opposed to other podcasting types, and and I felt moved to name that um, for myself, for the audience, or just in general. Yeah. Right, right. It's a, it, yeah. I like the um, I like the sense of I like that we're wrestling with this edge. Right, that that it's not only what's possible within this container, what's what's not only what's possible, but what's what's optimal. Is it of benefit? And and also within the school, the whole topic of conversation is, is an interesting one. Like for us to develop the capacity for uh, to develop the capacity for conversation. I think that's it, just to develop it. What are the possibilities? What's the potential? Mm -hmm. Of course, my reference point is, um, well, my reference point is Sobet, 
you know, in the Sufi tradition, spiritual conversation, which, you know, is really emphasized, the intimacy of that is emphasized, sacredness of it. And so there's that as a reference point. And then the internet is this other reference point. Right? And the, the, the coming together of the um, exploring the potential of conversation, of spiritual conversation within this container. Mm. I mean, it's a very interesting edge. And, but it's also an edge, for, I don't know if it's an edge for our school, but it's interesting to consider it in, in diamond approach in the school mm. because we have, we have dialectic inquiry, it's not conversation. Conversation is more free and loose and um, goes where it will. I had lots of uh, conversations like that with my with my acting teacher. You know, when I when I left acting school, we became friends. We had dinners together, and just the conversations would would often start with theatre. They'd often involve you know a lot of vodka. <laughs> Right? And a really good meal, and you know, playing different kinds of music. But that they would range over. I mean, it would be just like snakes and ladders through through existence, through you know, all the possibilities of being a human being. The heart, the mind, the belly, the highs and lows, and 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 the space would become just so vibrantly saturated with life, right? With the, the, the fullness, the potential, right? the soulfulness and the richness would just be amazing. Yeah. Like, and so, so important, those conversations for developing me as a teacher of acting initially and of um you know as a as a my whole understanding of theater there was a three years conservatory style training that i had but then there were these incredible conversations that could go anywhere like anywhere they didn't you know profane and holy and you know, and the, the complete freedom of those conversations and the, the total trust and openness that um, my teacher and I had with each other, just like these insights just would explode and these connections would happen. You know, it was like thrilling, like just extraordinarily thrilling and rich. So I guess I'm telling that story just to, point to the possibility when the conversation can go anywhere when, it, when there is a freedom to it and an interest in the truth you know, then it can then it's going to go deeper I'm curious about 
how was it for you to come into this podcast? I'm wondering, not knowing minimal about it, what? How do you feel? What is the qualitative qualitative difference between pre, the beginning, and now? What did you reflect on that? Now the contact feels more. Um, established and uh, solid. Yeah, so the contactfulness and the furliness feels like it's just here. It's not It's not a question about it. How does that land for you? What's what's your sense of? Yeah. I'm I'm brought back to the notion of wrestling. Like I don't feel that we re like the wrestling aspect is happening right now. Now I'm f I feel more that we are touching each other somehow, right? More on a on a level of presence that there is more like a gentle touching and feeling out both ourselves and each other. So there is a very different metaphorical uh, format that's happening now. Initially, like the first half of the conversation, I felt there was more wrestling happening, um, like a good tussle. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so with that, I noticed that there is um, like, like there is an element of sensitivity I can feel that there is very attentive listening and, and also a gentleness, like a gentleness that wasn't there in the same way before. Um, so if I were to also use um, some other terms, you have masculine and feminine. Initially, the, 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 the dialogue for me had more of a masculine uh, form. And now it has more of a feminine form. Some people may, you know, uh, resonate with that that description of it, but that's how how it manifests in me, at least. Masculine form and a feminine form. Yeah. Is what? that? Yeah. Yeah. What What are you calling the feminine? So I, mean, I, I can't get the, the the beginning. There's a, you know, there's a. Not exactly, maybe a shyness. At the beginning, it's like, what's going on? And there's a little more tendency towards structure, you know, me and you, but more tendency toward nervousness or how is this going to go? And then as we named it and settled into the unknowing wonder, you know, there's a softening of that kind of hard shell that can turn up, right? So I'm 
sorry, I asked you a question. Now I'm, now I'm exploring the answer myself. I would say that um, what I used to describe the masculine was the wrestling. Like that, that segment of our dialogue had the masculine quality in terms of it was like we were asking questions and then there was like challenging each other in, in certain ways, rubbing up against each other. There is a, there and also an element of red essence, aggression. And, and although it wasn't, it wasn't very much, uh, very loud, but I felt it, I felt it in the field, which led to like some kind of expansion or transformation of the field and right now, what I'm feeling is is like the delicacy, like the gentleness. And for me, that has more of a feminine flavor. That is obviously labels. Um, so, 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 so that's just something in my interiority that I use to differentiate between different forms of being or different exchanges. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I noticed the delicacy, but also the openness and receptivity. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And there's a sense of like, you know, question I came in with, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this wazi guy? And I, I feel there's more knowing of you in a real way. But also, it's sort of like this, like wanting to, you know, like I feel like we could continue the conversation, get to know you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what, in, like, is there something specific that you're curious about, about me? No. <laughs> it's it's the the sense of this is like wow this conversation could really i don't know how long it could go yeah in terms of because there's a certain way you're, you're you you come to meet the the wrestling you can you really come to meet like like when i when you asked that question and i pointed it out you totally happy for that Right. So the fact that you're you're up for being challenged, right, and you're up for the the wrestling means there are so many possibilities mm. in terms of our conversation. Yes. Right. If you were, you know, if you'd kind of flinched at that challenge and it had been an issue for you, then you know, next time I wouldn't do it. I would skirt around it in this context, right? <laughs> yes. Hmm. I would be very interested to see, like, if if it was a parallel reality where either one of us was uh, actually. I've experienced that in the past, when because when we because what happened is that we both moved to the edge, and usually what I observe happens when someone gets afraid and don't lean in or, or actually identifies with their fear is that the whole yeah. field collapse or meaning that one person, one of the individuals collapses 
and then mm -hmm. I, and 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 that also collapses the conversation. I've experienced that in the past, actually, when I've been uh -huh. in similar edgy territory, and yeah. and and one hasn't followed the whole the, the the whole way through, then something is is knocked off somehow. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then what? Then what happens? Like, where do people go when that something gets knocked off? in my observation is that then the, 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 the usually starts a process of really tussling with their own structure so in with their own personality somehow or my own personality if it, if it happened with me i get stuck there's a split that happens so the right. unity in the field collapses and there is a split so there is a disconnection that happens then yeah yeah yeah, so I noticed the the ten right. One thing I noticed is that the temptation to go to some kind of shell, right? So that would be like similar to what you're saying about the tussling structure. So rather than go into that edge, you know, I'll I'll resort to the role. You know, I'll I'll adopt the you know, put on the teacher role yeah. and put on the shell, do you know, that goes with that, rather than actually allowing and not knowing, allowing the space and intimacy. Mm. And the unfolding. The unfolding. And the surrender yeah. to bring in that word. Like there is a, there is such a, what comes through for me as we, as we highlight this is, um, like the, the the realness of both surrender and also like a really giving of oneself to the truth, like to, to the actual truth of the moment, independent, irrespective of anything else, roles, should be, should do's, superego, ego, is a really giving oneself to the actual matter of affairs. <laughs> hmm? Right. Right, right, and and yeah. the mind like that—that's going to un if you're with the unfolding of it, it's going to change before the mind can even grasp. Right before the mind can grasp what that truth is, right. So this is the interesting thing about the conversation for me, and uh, in our logos, is. In our school, there's a lot of emphasis on what's the realization? Like, what's the, what am I now? Right? What am I now? What's the, what's the truth? What's the truth that's here now? And when in a conversation, if, the, if there's a lot of flow and you're really with the flow of the conversation, that like that can change like the different colors and aspects and dimensions and things you you can be moving through them so fluidly so um quickly that there isn't like it's a different sort of orientation where the minds you don't get the chance to go well now i'm now i am this and now this is what's here and now that's what's here you might recognize it right yeah there's something about the fluidity of it yes i really allowing, allowing that without having to 
um, engage in some sort of subtle form of spiritual materialism, whereas now we've got this. Now I am that. Right? Mm. So you could like surrendering to the moment is surrendering to the conversation, surrendering yourself to it. Maybe you're nothing. Maybe you aren't anything. Mm. Right? Maybe you become the conversation, become the flow. Interesting. What comes up for me as you speak about that is um, actually the teaching on the point. Mm -hmm. the, tr the true identity, because essentially, it, when you bring in this notion of becoming the conversation, for me, that has is about or is based in a form of unity. So in that sense, is there any is there longer any a conversation happening? One could even pose that question. Is that a conversation? <laughs> because for there to be a conversation, if we think about the linguistics of it, there has to be two individuals or two individuated beings actually communicating. Um, uh -huh. Well, does that? All right. The question or, or, or what I'm what I'm posing, what I'm posing is, can you then still call it a conversation at all? Right, if there is this boundlessness of being and, and potentially unity uh, of being, is it still a conversation that's happening if there is no individuals, there is no pearls, there is no points, there is simply unfolding? Huh? Maybe conversation is its own thing, like the point is its own thing. That just occurred to me. <laughs> yes, and, 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 I'm, and I'm actually inquiring into like what is that is required for a conversation, for a real conversation to happen. What is it that requires? And if we think about it, if we bring in the essential dimension, does it require, uh, for instance, the realization of personal essence for the personal essence to be manifesting so that that conversation can actually happen? Is that a prerequisite to conversation? That's that's what I'm inquiring into. Right, right, yeah. It, it's very interesting because um, what seemed what happened here was we were exploring the relationship, and you were talking about the pearliness, and then the intimacy space started to come in, which is of course the space that invites the stupa, where all the, all of which is a lot to do with pearliness without getting into a lot of jargon, and right. It's a lot to do with pearliness. Um, it's a pearly, it's a pearly um, vehicle. Yeah. Right. And that coming in, let the pearliness come in more fully and get more established, it seemed to me. And then that enabled the conversation to flow more. But but the pearliness and intimacy space and all of that no longer necessarily here in an explicit way they sort of can fall into the background. So they had they definitely had a function they had a role yeah in us coming into yeah experiencing a flow of conversation yeah mm. Which and so did the dialectic right the yeah. the, the engaging the dialectic practice here what's happening for me what's happening for you what's in the field right that also had a role in coming to 
what actually does feel like conversation or did. <laughs> so, so what I hear you speaking to is actually the intelligence of the whole conversation or the whole dialogue from beginning to this point right now, how different aspects manifests in different moments that facilitates for certain processes, certain transformation, and that can deepen and deepen and deepen and deepen and also build on what came before. Yeah. Yeah. And potentially, yeah. potentially. Sometimes like, that's one view. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have we it really helps that we have this shared logos and shared orientation. Yeah. You know, some capacity to um, stay to to recognize those little pieces of as they of that thread as they show themselves and not not flinch away. Yeah, man. I, to be fair with you, I love tussling. I love wrestling. <laughs> I love I love just getting straight into it. You know what I mean? So I think it's a good match. If if you love that as well, I think it's a good match. <laughs> Yeah, well, one of, yeah, a lot of the theater is tussling and wrestling. I have that background. Yeah. 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 A lot of that getting into it. Yeah, and so. also the, the challenging bit, like actually bringing in the, like the struggling bits, bringing in the discomfort, bringing in wherever there is a misalignment um or where the things are not flowing I, I feel that is such a valuable part of a relationship of a conversation and that actually facilitates for a whole another level of deepening and also texture uh, of the conversation yeah yeah can very easily become mm, superficially spiritual if we don't bring in the, the, the full humanity, you know, if the ego isn't there, you know, isn't um, embraced and, and uh, loved and chewed on, allowed to show itself. Yes, Ashley. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. This is good. This has been fun. Yes. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in many ways, how, how it's coming through for me now is the application of Diamond Approach because so much of what I've learned in the Diamond Approach school is being now applied in a situation that is linked to the school but it's also outside of it because we're meeting person to person human to human so right. there's both right. I'm not your teacher not necessarily the teacher of anyone listening it's like yeah and and it's you know about the diamond approach and you're interviewing teaching yes so it's both and right yeah i'm glad we stayed with the edge yeah I appreciated your questions that you know brought forward that edge and those little glitches that I was feeling about doing this. I appreciated that very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was that was wonderful.
It's really great experience. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Really, yeah, great to uh, to find the right word, but it's not just getting to know you and speaking, but to commune in this way, to have a real conversation. It's something I really appreciate. Mm. Yeah, precious. <laughs>